Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Today, Lord, in this place, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. That you sent him, your only son, to this earth to be the sacrifice the propitiation for our sins. So today, Lord, we invite you to be with us. Lord, we invite you to be here today to speak to us. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. Hey, church, today, can we give some praise to God and uh, give some love to this team, production, worship team, who put a ton of work into everything you're seeing. How many know we got a lot of talented people in this room? Some of them are on the stage, but a lot of them are out in those seats. Y'all, you know you're talented. Look at your neighbor. Tell them right now. Say, you're talented. Say, you got talent. So, hey, I want to share from... God's Word today, we're in this series, this Christmas series called Awake, and uh, last week Chrissy talked to us about Mary's awakening. Today we're looking at Joseph and how he was awakened to the truth of what God had called him to, and I've entitled this message, The Chaos of Christmas. How many know that Christmas can be a very chaotic time? Christmas normally is chaotic. But how many know in 2020, Christmas is an extra kind of chaotic? How many of you feel me today? You know, there's this song we sing called Silent Night. And uh, it goes, Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright. And I don't think this song is very accurate. Uh, because, you know, this is talking about a baby being born, and I watched my wife give birth to three children. It was anything but silent. It was anything but quiet. In fact, I'm still traumatized from those three experiences. Uh, but, man, we sing this song, Silent Night. I just picture, you know, um, them on their way 
to Bethlehem. And Joseph throws Mary on a donkey, says, I know you're nine months pregnant, but we're going to go on a trip. And I don't know if you've ever driven with your wife and been kind of lost. Then you arrive and there's no room in the inn. He didn't use Airbnb, you know. He didn't book it on, uh, on Travelocity. And he shows up and there's nowhere to stay. And so they end up in a stable. A stable with animals, with a child laying in a manger, which is the trough that animals laid out of. And there's animals on. I'm guessing this was not a silent night. It was a very chaotic, chaotic experience for Mary and Joseph. And I think a lot of us are experiencing chaos right now in our lives. You're experiencing chaos. 2020 has been a very chaotic year. I think that Christmas is always chaotic. A time of peace feels, or supposed peace, feels like anything but peaceful. And then we throw in everything we've been walking through in, uh, in this year, an election, a pandemic, social, civil unrest, Christmas, and it is a chaotic Christmas. So I want to talk to you about the chaos of Christmas as we look at this text that I just read from Matthew 1, 18 through 25, and I think that we have to learn how to combat the chaos because you all are going to experience chaos. Maybe right now in your life you're going, Caleb, I'm actually having a very peace-filled season. Maybe it's been a peaceful year. Maybe you have peace in your life, but how many of you know that peace is usually temporary? Because in this life, we experience chaos. You may be in a season of peace, a season of calm. All may feel calm and bright, but you know that chaos is coming. Because in this world, we will experience trial. We call them trials and tribulations in the church. It sounds much more spiritual than problems. But we will experience chaos. And so I want to encourage us today in how we combat the chaos. And in order to combat the chaos, we have to identify the types of chaos. And so first, I believe that there's a chaos inside of us. There's a chaos within us. Some of you this season has actually brought out more of the chaos you didn't even know was there in you. I think that all of us, though, are constantly batting, battling chaos within us. And I think about Joseph here. And I think that God chose Joseph because he saw a man that had worked out a lot of the chaos within himself. It actually calls Joseph here in this text. It says he was a just man. He sought to divorce her quietly because he didn't, did not want to subject her to public shame. This shows me something about Joseph. It shows me that he had worked out some of the chaos in him. Because this was a very misogynistic, male-dominated culture. If a woman was found to be pregnant, um, she would be put through public shame, humiliated, often even killed. Women were looked down on in this culture. They were seen as less than in this culture. And yet here's a man, a just man that has worked out some of the chaos inside of him, and I believe that is why God chose him. You see, God sees what other people don't see. I was thinking about this because I do a lot of premarital counseling. I'm guessing Mary and Joseph didn't get a lot of that back then. I don't know how they, how they did it in Judaism, but um, in the earth, you know, in the 
in this time 2,000 years ago, but I do a lot of premarital counseling for the newlyweds in our church. We got any newlyweds in the house? Give it up for the newlyweds here. I know we got a lot in our church. I do more weddings than any pastor in America, I think. Um, I am a professional uh, efficient, just so you guys know. I literally have the entire ceremony memorized. I've done so many weddings. Um, but I, I do a lot of premarital counseling, and one thing in the premarital counseling, I always talk to couples about this research that was done by a group of uh, people at UCLA. And they surveyed these, two, these, these large groups of married couples, and they found two groups of people. Couples who identified their marriage as happy and couples who identified their marriage as unhappy. And there was one commonality in the couples who identified their marriage as happy. And it was something that the UCLA researchers called subjective well-being. They said the couples that rated their marriage as happy have subjective well-being. And I, I read that, I'm like, well, what's subjective well-being? This is lab speak for the ability to adjust to situations outside of their control. So the couples who rated their marriage as happy were the ones who had subjective well-being or they were able to adjust to situations outside of their control. They were able to manage the chaos, to combat the chaos, to find peace and perspective in the chaos. And the couples that rated their marriage as unhappy, they were the ones who saw the glasses half empty or nothing in it at all. They were the ones that couldn't see the silver line. They were the ones that couldn't adjust to what they couldn't control. How many of you know in this life, there is a lot that you cannot control? We want to control it. We want to have control. But there is so much that we will encounter in this journey of life that we cannot control. And Joseph was a man that had no control here. But there is something you can control, and it's what's happening inside of you. There is something you can control. It's how you react to the chaos that you encounter. And so combating the chaos, we have to first begin to manage the chaos in us. And as human beings, we recognize that we are constantly at battle with ourselves. The Bible says there's a spirit man and a flesh man. And you are constantly at battle with the spirit and the flesh. And what you feed gets stronger. If you're going to manage the chaos within you, you have to feed the spirit man and starve the flesh man. The problem is this culture puts everything in front of us and it's appetizing and it's delicious and it's enticing. And we begin to feed that which the Bible tells us to starve and we starve that which the word of God challenges us to feed. And if you feed the wrong thing, you're going to get the wrong results. If you feed your flesh man, the chaos will overtake you. But if you feed your spirit man, the chaos has no power over you. You can control your perspective and your reaction to the chaos. The ability to be just was something that I think we overlook in Joseph. Often we, we don't think about why God chose Joseph. He chose him because he had dealt with that which was within him. And I just want to say something to you today on this beautiful, foggy morning that turned into a sunny morning. And somehow the fog stayed in here. It's still in the room. I want to say that today is a great day 
to say, God, I'm done dealing with the same issues in my life. God, I'm done dealing with the same issues that I've dealt with for years. Today is a great day for somebody to let go of unforgiveness, to let go of bitterness, to let go of anger, to let go of fear, to let go of stress, to let go of worry, to let go of hate, to let go of sin. Today is a great day for God to set you free. There is chaos in us, and I want to say to you, we need to deal with it. Look at your neighbor right now and tell him, deal with it. We're going to do some work in here today. Are you guys okay with that? Let's deal with it. Now, some of you are going, okay, Caleb, like Joseph obviously was a just man, and, and, and there's a reason God chose him because he, he had worked some stuff out, but I honestly haven't. And maybe you're out here right now, and you're one of those people, I'm, I just read a list off of things, and you're like, I'm, I got all that and more. In fact, I got a lot of that going on in my heart right now. I had some of it going on last night. Uh -uh. And, and you've actually written yourself off. So before you write yourself off because you aren't perfect, I just wanted to remind you of the beginning of the gospel of Matthew. You see, Matthew chapter 1, I didn't read it. I read through the Bible in a year every year. I don't know if you guys, you know, read the Bible, but it's great. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff in here. And so I read it every year. And I, I often get to the genealogies, like the beginning of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. It says, the big book of genealogy of Jesus Christ. And it starts in, it says, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob. Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Terez, and Tamar and Perez, and the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amon, Amonadab, and the father of Nashon. And I just skip all that. <laughs> you do it too. Don't lie to me. You get to the genealogies, you're like, I'm all good with that. I'm just going to skip down a few verses. But here's the thing. I don't think God does anything by accident. I don't think God wastes anything. You see, I read that, and what I see is the chaos of Jesus', of Jesus genealogy. I read that. And I say, wow, Jesus' lineage was one of murderers. Jesus' lineage was one of prostitutes. Jesus' lineage was one of betrayers. Jesus' lineage was one of sinners. And yet this is who God brings Jesus through. And so this is a reminder to someone in here today that has written themselves off because they're not from the right family, the right background. They have junk in their past. God wanted to say, you have not been disqualified. In fact, I often use those who others would overlook. Oh, I came to preach today. We have to start within us, church. We will never be able to handle what's around us until we deal and fix the chaos within us. You see, you got to understand and identify the chaos in us, but then you often also have to identify the chaos around us. You see, that's the next type of chaos. There's a chaos around us, and Joseph finds out his wife is pregnant. Chaos. The Bible says, let me go back to it because you guys didn't catch it. But here, it says, before they came together, 
She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, if you don't know, like, that's the Bible saying they hadn't done it yet. Okay? I know we got some kids in the room. Before they came together, together, she was found to be with child. Listen to me. This is pure chaos for Joseph and Mary. In a culture like this, in the world that they grew up in, this is complete chaos. Joseph finds out his wife is pregnant. He's obviously dealt with some internal stuff, the chaos in him, but now there's chaos around him. Chaos ensues. And so I just want to encourage you today, you are going to have chaos in your life. I know you feel encouraged already. You are going to experience chaos in different seasons. This may be a chaotic moment for you. It may not. But we know that chaos comes. We have to identify the chaos around us and recognize, first of all, that sometimes the chaos is the attack of the enemy. Sometimes the enemy wants to create chaos to rob you of your hope, to rob you of your future, to rob you of your destiny. But sometimes... The chaos is sent by God. You see, I don't believe anything is wasted with our Savior. I don't believe anything is wasted with our Lord. It doesn't matter who sends it. The Bible tells us that God can work all things together for good to those who are called according to his purposes and whom he loves. And so we have to be reminded today that there is chaos around us, but that doesn't mean that God has abandoned us. Joseph finds out in a dream, the the angel says to him, take this woman to be your wife, for she has been impregnated by the Holy Spirit, and and essentially God is saying, trust me. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I don't trust my dreams, because I have some weird dreams. Who here has some weird dreams? Anybody online have weird dreams? Some weird, yesterday. I was down here, uh, got my hair cut. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and, and I got my hair cut, and, and I, I was walking by one of these candy stores, and I had my boys with me because they got their hair cut, Christmas cuts. And, uh, and, and they wanted some saltwater taffy. So I stopped in, old sack, come on. You got to stop and get saltwater taffy. I get saltwater taffy. Last night right before bed, I housed like 15 pieces of saltwater taffy. I couldn't stop. How I many you know you can't have just one? And, and I just kept eating it, and I had the weirdest dreams. So I don't say, oh, that was a God dream. No, that was a saltwater taffy dream. And here, Joseph has a dream, and, and the angel speaks to him, and he says, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. In the middle of chaos, I'm going to trust you. You see, he was experiencing chaos, conflict. And yet, in this moment, God gives him compassion. And I think compassion is something we've lost in today's culture. Compassion is something we've lost in, in the church. 
And so we want to judge people for every little thing. And I just want to tell you right now, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a gospel of judgment. It is not a gospel to be used for hate. It is not a gospel to be used to divide. It is a gospel of unity. It is is a gospel of love. It is a gospel that says, I'll meet you where you are. And sometimes the church takes the gospel and twists it. Why? Because we've lost compassion. You see, when we're in chaos, it's hard to have compassion. Especially when we've never walked in their shoes. And so I wanted to challenge us that in the chaos around us, we can get so caught up in our own issues that we're unable to be compassionate to anyone else. And what I see is a lot of people hurting and desperate because a pandemic has them discouraged and defeated. And I want to tell you, don't lose your compassion. The chaos may come, but you must maintain the the idea and the perspective that you have a call to be compassionate. The church has a call to be compassionate. When, When someone comes to us and slaps us on one cheek, we turn the other. When someone comes to us and says, will will you walk a mile with me? We go two miles. When someone says, hey, can I have your shirt? We give them our jacket too. We walk with compassion. No matter what chaos, we're in the middle of ourselves. Don't let the chaos around you rob you of the compassion that God has placed within you. He wants the church compassionate. And we've lost it. We've lost our compassion. That's what chaos does when we fixate on it. But when we keep our eyes on the Savior, we can carry the compassion of the Savior. You see, we have to recognize and identify the chaos around us. And then we have to recognize and identify the chaos That isn't. You see, the chaos that we perceive to be chaos may actually not be chaos at all. So often, because our perspective is limited, we see chaos, but God has a plan. We see chaos, but God is working. Joseph finds out his wife is pregnant. But I want to tell you, perspective is everything. You see, he comes to a conclusion based on the chaos. His conclusion is, she's been unfaithful. His conclusion is, I need to put her aside. I need to divorce her. I need to have nothing to do with her. His conclusion is based on the chaos. But but watch this. The angel shows up and the angel doesn't change the circumstances. The angel doesn't remove the chaos. He just gave Joseph a different context. He gives Joseph a different perspective, which actually changes Joseph's conclusions. So somebody needed to hear this today. 
because you've been walking through a season of chaos, perceived chaos, and you've been asking God to take you out of it. You've been saying, God, change my circumstances. Change my circumstances. Change what I'm walking through. Change my situation. Get me out of this. Pull me out of this. Remove it. I need you to do something. But maybe what God needs to do is to change your context, to change your perspective. Because when your perspective changes, guess what happens? Your conclusions change. Joseph went from the conclusion, I need to divorce her, I need to put her away, I need to be done with her, to, you know what, I'm going to take her home. I'm going to take her home. And maybe God is wanting to remind you today or say to you today that you need to take that chaos home with you. Because what you thought was chaos was actually God's purposes. It's all about perspective, isn't it? I mean, look. This pandemic, it was hard for me early on to see anything good coming from it. But let me tell you, when God began to change my perspective, suddenly my faith began to grow. Suddenly my trust in Him grew exponentially. In fact, I realized and recognized I trusted Jesus this much. And let me tell you, nine months later, I trust him this much. You see, perspective may not change your circumstances, but it can change your conclusions. And now I'm in a season and a moment where I'm going, God, come what may, I'm going to trust you. Why? Because I know you're going to do something in this. You're going to work something through this. You see, I want to ask you, what is your conclusion today? For your circumstances, your situation, your struggle, your chaos. I love what Joseph does. It actually says, as he considered these things. You see, Jesus changed his perspective and brought him to a new conclusion. The conclusions that I come to in my mind are the result of the context I've created in my heart. And so, so often we've made a decision in our heart and God has to change our heart so that then we can change our actions, change our conclusions. So the angel tells Joseph, take Mary home, embrace the chaos. You guys know that cost him a lot. It cost him his reputation. It cost him what, how, how people perceived him. You know, because people talk. How I many you know people talk? And Mary and Joseph were the talk of the town. Did you hear? Did you hear? He's trying to say it was the Holy Spirit. He said he's not the daddy. But he's still marrying her. This was unheard of in this culture. This didn't happen. It cost him something. Here's what I want to say to you. Joseph was disappointed. I'm sure he was disappointed when he first heard. But don't divorce your destiny because of your disappointments. Because what you don't know is what God is doing 
What you don't know is that God has created a, a story. And if you would just walk in faith and you would just walk in trust, he may actually show you something you didn't know he could show you. Do something that if you hadn't embraced it, he wouldn't have been able to do. Every hardship in your life is headed somewhere, church. And so I want to challenge you to take Mary home. Take Mary home. Embrace the chaos. Change your perspective and watch how God can change the conclusions. He can change the results. I believe the things I don't understand are often the breeding ground for my faith. Joseph didn't understand the Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? What do you mean? What do you mean the, the Messiah, the Son of God? What, what are you talking about? He didn't understand. But he said, I may be disappointed, but maybe, just maybe, this is my destiny. Maybe, just maybe, God has a plan in this and through this. He actually tells Joseph something. He says, your dilemma is going to become your deliverance. Because what does it say here in Matthew, Matthew chapter 1? Watch this. She will bear a son. Verse 21. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The dilemma was actually the deliverance. The issue that Joseph saw, the chaos, was actually the very thing that would save not just Joseph, but the entire world. And so today, in the midst of chaos, I want to go back to the beginning when I said there's chaos in you. How many know there's chaos in us? And that's why this Christmas story is so powerful. Because Jesus came to save us from our chaos. Because it doesn't matter how much you deal with it, you could never fix it on your own. It doesn't matter how much you weed out, how much you change, how much you repent, how much you pray. Without Jesus, the chaos will always be there. But Jesus came and said, I'll take the chaos onto me, onto my shoulders. Why? So they could walk in peace and freedom. That's what this Christmas story is all about. Jesus embracing the chaos so you could walk outside of it. So you could walk peace-filled. And so today, somebody online, somebody in the room, you need to respond to this message by embracing Jesus Christ as your Savior for the first time. Or maybe you need to rededicate yourself today because you've been running from God. I want to ask you that you would right now say, you know what, God? I've tried it my way. I tried to do it in my strength. The chaos has continued. And today I'm ready to give my chaos to you so I can have peace. So if you need Jesus, today's your day. Bow your heads with me across this place online. If that's you, you need to embrace Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord. For the first time, uh, you need to recommit yourself to him anew and afresh. I want you to lift your hand. One, two, three, go. If that's you in this room, yes, yes. Anyone else? Yes, yes, yes. In the back, anyone else? Go ahead, put your hand up. Just slip it up real quick so I can see it. Yes, I know people are putting their hands up online as well. Come on, church, give God some praise. This is what it's all about. One more thing, heads bowed. I just want 
this is the moment. I don't do this because it's like something supernatural happens when heads are bowed. No, I just want people to have a moment of privacy. I want you to focus on God, what he's speaking to you right now through me. You're in this room. You say, Caleb, I know Jesus, but I've been dealing a lot with chaos, and I've allowed the chaos to bring me to some wrong conclusions. I've allowed the chaos to consume me. And today, you want to say, God, I just need Jesus to come into my chaos and bring me peace, maybe change my perspective. Would you raise your hand right now if that's you? Go ahead. Yes, a lot of hands going up in the room. You can put them down. Pray this with me. Everybody online, everybody in the room, repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, will you come into my chaos and take it? Take my sin. Take my mistakes. Take my past. I invite you to be the Lord of my life, to be my Savior. Wash me clean. Make me new. I love you, Jesus. And today, I surrender. Make my chaos to you. I love you, your name. Amen. Come on, let's give God one more shout of praise, church. Amazing. We love you guys. Stay right where you are. We're going to pray here in a moment at the end, invite some people forward, but we're going to sing one last song today. Come on, worship with us today, church. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.